Well, welcome to another edition of Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Greising is the president and CEO. And, uh, of course, I was out last week. Good to be back with you, David. Welcome back to the program. Glad to be back. Thanks, Jim. We uh, start today with a, a little bit of irony after uh, two and a half years of the pandemic and Governor J.B. Pritzker as sort of the uh, official designated scold of the state, telling people to be cautious, to wear masks, to uh, take all the appropriate precautions. And now the governor has himself contracted COVID. Now it's apparently mild symptoms. He's being treated with an antiviral, but it looks like he picked this up uh, potentially uh, over the weekend in Florida when he was hanging out unmasked with uh, a lot of political friends out of state uh, and uh, was exposed to it and has now uh, come down with it as well. And David, it suggests that even though we are still in uh, periods of high transmission in Cook County here in Sangamon County, uh, that people are, are just not being as cautious about this as we used to be. We're not being as cautious, and part of that is with the uh, explicit or implicit approval of Governor J.B. Pritzker himself. Uh, he is a kind of transition toward this new attack tactic of so-called living with the virus uh, and carefully unwinding uh, some of the restrictions that had been in place. Uh, Governor Pritzker is both vaccinated and double boosted. Uh, but as you pointed out, perhaps uh, going to Florida of all places without a mask uh, in, at times uh, uh, caught up with him. Uh, yes, some will make political hay out of this, but um, uh, for the governor's purposes, it's evidence that the virus is still very well, much alive and attacking people. And uh, uh, we're all we're all potentially vulnerable, including those who have been vaccinated and boosted. It's a, an important thing to to keep in mind and to remember that we are not done with the pandemic yet. Uh, certainly, there's lots of evidence to suggest that being vaccinated and boosted will prevent you from becoming seriously ill. But it doesn't mean that you won't still contract it and potentially have some uh, real problems with it if you do. So we wish uh, the governor all the best for a speedy recovery, as did his opponent, Darren Bailey, with a, a quick tweet. Uh, saying that he and his wife, uh, Cindy, were praying for the, the governor's uh, return to health. So we'll keep an eye on that situation. Uh, let's move on to a discussion of uh, government corruption in a pending trial that's going to take a long time to get started. This is the case, David, of the ComEd 4. Uh, and I know that there were some folks who were maybe hoping that, that trial would get underway this fall before Election Day to sort of expose some of the past practices of Mike Madigan's inner circle. But it looks like they're going to be waiting till at least next spring for that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, these cases, uh, we've got that. We've got that case, the Comet Four, which uh, charges uh, notably um, um, the former Madigan loyalist lobbyist Michael McLean, former uh, political crony of his, as well as the former uh, CEO of Commonwealth Edison and a couple of other lobbyists. Um, uh, the the case is complicated. There's tons of records. Uh, the lawyers on the defense side are doing everything they can to delay it. Uh, we've seen in a, in a related case, uh, not directly related, but a similar public corruption case, Ed Burke, uh, the Chicago alderman who is indicted. Uh, it's going to take altogether about uh, four and a half years after from his indictment uh, to put him on trial. And it looks as if perhaps this uh, the so-called ComEd 4 um, are also uh, going to be on a very 
uh, uh, delayed timeline as well. You know, and, and David, I, I know that's frustrating for a lot of people. Uh, the, the old saying about justice delayed is justice denied. And it seems like it does take forever to uh, to get these cases from the investigation to the indictment stage to ultimately the trial stage. Why does it take so long? Well, uh, for one thing, the, the people uh, that we're talking about have the ability to hire the very top legal tan talent, and one of the typical tactics of high-priced legal talent is to delay things for as long as possible, uh, require tons of depositions and record collecting, and, and they're pretty good at persuading judges that the work just takes so long. Uh, it's also partly, uh, frankly, the government uh, also continues to build this case even after bringing charges. And uh, so this is this just tends to be the nature of things in these complicated, interrelated public corruption cases. Sadly, as you point out, um, we who expect and demand justice uh, have to sit and twiddle our thumbs, essentially, uh, as we watch these uh, court processes just very slowly move along. And uh, it's, uh, it's unfortunate, but it is... Uh, uh, as we're seeing through bitter experience here, it seems to be somewhat inescapable. We will uh, continue our discussion with David Grising, the president and CEO of the Better Government Association, on this morning's edition of Full Disclosure. Straight ahead. Welcome back to Full Disclosure with the Better Government Association. David Grising, the president and CEO of the BGA. We turn our attention now uh, to the city of Chicago. This is specifically a Chicago ordinance dealing with ethics up there. But, of course, as we've seen, uh, the ethics or lack thereof in the city of Chicago has ramifications for how that city is run, which in turn has ramifications for the rest of the state. And it probably uh, wouldn't take a lot of imagination to draw a line between some of the shenanigans we've seen Chicago City Hall over the years to what to the way that's bled over into the Illinois General Assembly and some of the uh, uh, allegations that uh, we discussed earlier uh, still pending on favors being done political favors for those who are politically connected David there's been a lot of talk in Chicago about a, a new ethics ordinance the BGA has weighed in on this bring us up to speed yeah, there are a few uh, improvements here, and you're really swimming against the tide when you're trying to improve ethics both in the state of Illinois and in the city of Chicago. We saw after the huge public corruption trial, the one that you and I were just talking about, that, that public corruption case, uh, the ethics uh, reforms passed at the state level really were uh, pretty weak tea. Uh, the city of Chicago seems to be making some more progress than we did at the state level, frankly. Uh, a, a new provision that will be voted on today and is a expected to pass uh, would expand and strengthen conflict of interest provisions uh, to prevent anybody in the city from exercising official powers on behalf of a relative, spouse, or domestic partner. Uh, if you can believe it, lobbying on the floor of the city council is allowed, including by prior members of city council, and that would be eliminated with this uh, proposal that will be voted on today. And one other uh, change of note would be uh, full and specific on-the-record disclosure and cases where lawmakers have a conflict of interest. Until now, they've been allowed to participate fully in the legislative process. They, When they recuse themselves due to a conflict, they don't have to explain what that conflict is. And so this is a better transparency measure. So we're seeing some progress. Uh, 
as important as the city of Chicago is to our statewide government and politics, uh, it's important, I think, to pay attention to what happens there because perhaps some of these ideas can be uh, adopted and transferred uh, to the state level as well. And we'll uh, we'll see how well these uh, reforms will, in fact, be implemented and uh, to what extent people will uh, abide by them. And uh, hopefully there are good, strong enforcement mechanisms as well to ensure that uh, any changes that are put in place actually do have some teeth to them. Uh, David, before we go, uh, we know that a lot of our listeners feel like uh, just a one half hour a week is not nearly enough David Grising. Well, this week you get a chance for a, a bonus opportunity to hear from uh, David as uh, the head of the BGA. You're going to be involved in a Zoom discussion later today talking about the BGA and its watchdog role here in Illinois. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to uh, to doing so. It, it's a really good opportunity uh, to lay out um, sort of our uh, the our work and our agenda to the Paul Simon Public Policy Institute uh, a Zoom discussion uh, this morning at eleven o'clock. Uh, uh, if your listeners can can check in, I think they'll they'll learn a lot more about the work that we do and some of the issues facing the state. I'm assuming links available uh, through the Paul Simon Public Policy Institute website. Uh, does the BGA have a link yeah, to it as right. well? Uh, yeah, I believe it's up on our website as okay. well. Okay, so you can go check that out again. That's at 11 o'clock this morning. We'll be back next Wednesday morning for another edition of Full Disclosure. Until then, David, how do people reach you in the BGA? I'm at DGreising at BetterGov.org. That's D-G-R-E-I-S-I-N-G at BetterGov.org, and we're at BetterGov.org. Go check out the website. It is loaded with valuable information. And tune in again next Wednesday morning. Full disclosure here on 92.7 WMAY, Springfield's News and Talk. David, thank you. We'll talk again soon. Thanks very much, Jim. Bye-bye.